0: And now, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future, starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes, while activating a child's broader community to give contributions on birthdays, holidays, or any occasion. Trust me, I have three children of my own, and this sounds like a win. We're teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free $15 investment to gift a, to a child you love. Simply go to partners.getearlybird.io podcast or the link in our show notes. Download the app, create an account, Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the children you love. Happy Friday, another amazing Friday that we have definitely I'm grateful for. First of all, we already know the week has been long. It has. Has anyone noticed that the month to me went fast, even though the week for me has gone slow. So we have a lot to talk about. There's no guests on this particular episode, but we have some amazing interviews that I'm in the midst of editing because why? Why? We want to make sure we bring you the best. So we will have some uh, guests in the near future. So be on the lookout and listen out for that. But I wanted to see how everybody did last week. Last week was a very interesting week. A lot of events that I needed to go to and attend. So there was a lot going on. If you haven't and you're not following me on social media, make sure I'm under Toy Time Blog. That's T O I T I M E. B L O G, Toy Time Blog. If this is your first time, maybe this is someone slid you the podcast and told you to give a listen maybe you just ran up on accident. I never believe in accidents. I believe that if you came here, you scrolled here, you found me that you were here for a purpose. Today's episode is going to be something that I hope will uplift you, make you feel like you're normal in a world that already makes you feel like you're crazy. Remember to get comfortable, grab your favorite drink and beverage of your own choice. And if you're at the gym, like I sometimes do when I'm in home working out, and you're listening to a podcast, I want to send all that amazing energy to you so that you can continue on your health goals and your wellness goals. Because listen, we're all busy and taking the time to listen to podcasts, even if you're doing it while you're doing laundry, is still amazing to do. So go ahead. I want you to have a good day. And again, if this is your first time, don't let it be your last. Come back, listen, make sure that you share make sure that you review and make sure you hit the subscribe button. We want to grow and we want to grow along with you, the audience. So we just want to say thank you for being here and we want to get right into the show. Now I have it very detailed about how I want the show to go. We have a lot of serious things to talk about today. I hope to throw in a couple things that are a little bit of entertainment, but again, we're always here to empower. We talk about the topics that a lot of people tend to shy away from. So where people may talk about certain things amongst themselves, I kind of bring that conversation to the forefront. So let's get started. I wanted to talk about panic attacks. We're getting pretty hot and heavy right off the bat. So last week I had a panic attack and I wasn't sure why. I still have not fully figured it out. So I want you to understand sometimes if you, again, this may be your first time, I deal with depression and anxiety quite often. I am I'm constantly in therapy when I feel that it's necessary. And even when I don't, sometimes you got to go even when you don't, you know, you could be good and have great days, have good moments and feel like you're in control. But there are just times in life where things will happen. And that is the time that I'm in right now. Um, I would say last week, for whatever reason, my kids were playing, I can hear them playing, I can pull up the camera, I can see them in the house. No reason for me to have had the panic attack, but the shriek of my daughter's, um, laughter slash, you know, yelling, you know, kids play, you know, play fight. And that for whatever reason, sent this immediate shock to my body and it felt familiar, but also detached. So I had this panic attack. I could feel my chest tightening. I couldn't breathe. I felt really hot. I didn't know what was going on, but I'm grateful because one thing you learn when you go into therapy and you're consistent with it is that you'll learn that you're never going to stop a trigger from happening. But you have the tools by which it can help you to become better to deal with it to come on the other side of it. So my husband was on a couch kind of the cattle corner from where I was, I was at the table doing some work. And so I immediately recognized what was happening. So I wanted to just first of all, give myself a back on a, a pat on the back for even recognizing it. Because when I first started having panic attack, this might have been like almost 20 something years ago. I first started having panic attacks in college. I didn't know what it was, so I was running to the 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 infirmary, and I was going to the hospital like every single time, thinking I'm having this horrible heart attack because it can mimic the same type of level of pain. So now I want to, you know, first of all, save my coins if there's nothing wrong, and also recognize that if I'm able to control it by taking deep breaths, slowing my breathing down, calming down. Um, I've been using the app, and this is, you know, free free for them, but I have been using the app Calm along with therapy and other things that I've learned in therapy to use. So I was able to calm down. I was able to recognize that whatever in her laughter, whatever in her playing that made me feel a certain way, it probably has a lot to do with my childhood. And so I got to figure out what that made me feel like, why I need, I need to tap into that. So I will do that safely with a therapist. I always believe when something that traumatic happens, especially something that I can remember. I always wanna make sure that I talk to my therapist so she or he, whomever they are, cause I'm not gonna give away what they are, um, that they're able to assist me in helping myself to become better. One thing about therapy is that therapists are not, they're not quick fixes, right? They're not something that you talk to, you lay on the couch. And I said this last week, you know, you get a lollipop and you kind of move on. Therapy is work. It is working through whatever your triggers are, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. You're working through things that you've done to people. You're working through things that were done to you. And so it's a up and down relationship with therapy. Some days are good and some days are bad. So I will be working with my therapist to figure out why I felt that way. I'm even considering of looking for a hypnotic therapist because I've heard from research that sometimes Being able to go to a space that you're not aware in your own body may be able to reveal an answer. Um, To be honest with you, I'm a little afraid of what that answer may reveal, but I am definitely willing to take the challenge and make sure that I'm healthier in mind, body, and soul. So that's what I'll be doing. If you are the type of person who feels like you hear therapy being said so many times, but you're not sure if it's for you, I would say always with anything to give something a try. Also be aware that again, when you go to therapy, it's not giggles and bubbles, it's literally work. And so sometimes I've left therapy, and I said this last week too, about I left therapy tired. I've left therapy angry. I've left therapy incredibly sad. It took me one or two hours to calm down from therapy. And even on days when in first, I think the first two seasons, I was somehow booking my therapy appointments the same day that I was recording. And I was like, eh, we got to change that because you can hear that in my voice. So you got to take all these things into consideration because life is messy. Life can get pretty messy. Moving on to the next topic. I want to talk about friendships in the sense of learning to put boundaries and friendships. This is hard work. Some friendships, it's easier to say, I'm going to let that go. Um, Tomorrow is actually national, uh, let, uh, front, actually earlier this week was National Let It Go Day. And tomorrow is actually National Forgiveness Day or National Forgive Day. And that's a hard thing to do, but every friendship isn't a bad friendship. But all friendships have to have a boundary. Every last friendship has to have a boundary. There should be a set of things that you have in your spirit and your life that puts a no and a stop, a blockage to where people cannot cross a certain line. They can't say certain things if there are certain things just off limits. Boundaries are healthy. There's nothing wrong with a boundary. What's an unhealthy boundary? An example of your husband or your wife telling you that it's not okay for you to ask questions when you know something is not okay. If you know your intuition is saying something is not okay and it's making you feel a certain way and your spouse is not in that situation ready to say, okay, let's talk this out. Let's make sure we're good. That's an unhealthy boundary, but ladies, there's another unhealthy boundary after you've talked it out, after you've gone through those things and you continue to push and ask questions because you're not settled sometimes, and that not settling, it may be revealing something, but it also could be revealing something in your spirit by which you just have not taken the time to get, gather yourself. You haven't done the things that need to be done for yourself. So it could be something internal in friendships and most relationships. Don't let people dumpster dive you. And what I mean by that is there are people who will literally wait until they speak to you to dump all of their negativity, all their insecurities, all of their issues out on you. And you got to ask yourself two questions. What am I projecting that's making it okay for a friend to do that consistently? We all have days that are bad, so I'm not talking about you're having a bad day. You're reaching out to your friend. You're you're needing help. You're needing assistance. You don't have anyone to talk to. That is not what I'm talking about. When it becomes consistent, where all of your conversations lead to that, then it's time to direct your friend to see a therapist. Right? You can be there for a friend, but it's not your job to take on all of your friend's issues because what happens is they dump all of that on you. And now you're carrying your life, their life, somebody else's life. And it's too much. This is why boundaries are important. It is important not to have people dumping on you because you've made it obviously clear that it's okay. Or having people dump on you just because they just feel like they can. We got to put boundaries and with boundaries. It kind of sucks sometimes because the second you put a boundary, depending on where your friend is at in their relationship with themselves, they're going to automatically assume that one, you're mad, right? You're mad because you put a boundary in, or what have I done for this to happen? Sometimes it don't be about, it doesn't, it's not about you. And this is for the friend that may be listening, saying, well, my friend put a boundary and now I'm feeling a certain way. People deserve to put boundaries in place for their lives. And you're not going to always understand that boundary you're not going to always understand it. But if you're a true friend and you want for what's best for your friend, allow people to have their boundaries where they're placed. You don't know what crossing that boundary for them may reveal what may come for their, what puts it into their heart and spirit. So for me, when I put a boundary with a friend, it's usually because for me, I'm a Taurus. I can give people like my mom used to say, give a cowboy enough you know rope and they'll hang themselves. And again, I'm not suggesting suicide or anything crazy. What I am saying is if you allow people to do what they do, eventually they put their foot in their mouth. Eventually they've revealed their hand. Eventually they show you who you are. I tend to try to believe people. Now, maybe in my twenties, I was a little bit more forgiving. I would be, Oh, that's not it. It's something that I'm doing and always take it on on me, me, me. What can I do better? But now that I've gotten older, there's a right way to divide truth. And sometimes the truth may be that it's not even about me it's about my friend placing their boundaries, or it's about me placing my boundaries and boundaries are important, right? They're super important. So when you're in a relationship, whether that's platonic or romantic, and you don't have a boundary, what happens is you tend to just go with the flow. People who are so, you know, let people know, I just like go with the flow type of person. That's great to be the type of person that gets along with different types of people, but when you go too much with the flow, the flow will eventually take you, right? It's like being in a current in an ocean and eventually you're having fun until that one current comes and takes you. You got to be always on your guard and protecting yourself, protect your mind, protect your spirit, protect your heart. I just know that for me, I can't, for me, for my level of anxiety, I can't take on somebody whose anxiety is strong. And the reason is, is not because I'm weak. It's because I'm doing enough to keep me afloat. I have a family that I have to take care of, and I can't get off of a phone call from somebody else and then go give my husband, you know, all kinds of issues because somebody else's husband is doing something to to one of my friends. You know, you have to be mature when you're bringing and talking to other people about their lives. And this is why I always say, sometimes refer your friends to people who get paid to do that. There is a difference between being there for my friend. If my closest girlfriend needs me, all of my friends know I will drop whatever I am doing to assist, but you can't call me every single time. Like I cannot be the person that you call and you literally dump and dump and dump. We can't do that, right? There is boundaries. So if you're struggling with boundaries and your friend just doesn't seem to get it, stand strong in your boundary. Cause oftentimes with the boundary that you're placing, it's for your good. If you're anything like me, the second you don't you you get laid down your boundary and you don't set that boundary, you end up feeling bad about it. Not because of what they were doing, but because you feel disappointed in yourself. Because you know what's going to happen. It's one thing when you're learning people, when you're in the beginning stages of relationship and you're, you're learning people, but when you know someone and you know what they're about, you know, their intentions, you got to be careful to protect yourself because people don't mean to be malicious in how they're doing. And they don't even realize that when they're dumping on you, that they are getting their relief, but that's why they need to go see a licensed professional. I'm all for kumbayas with my friends, me and my friends, Kiki all the time either by phone, in person, whatever. But there comes a time when I have to say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I love you, I'm here for you. I wish the best for you. But here's a couple of numbers and resources that I think will be better suit. Because listen, we are not supposed to always solve everyone's problems, right? We are not the master fixer uppers. If you're empath and you f- have a tendency to feel other people's pain, you know how strong that can be and you know how weighty that can be. Do you know how, how unleveled and unsubtle in your spirit that it can be when you feel like you're taking on the cares of the world? So for me and my tidbit and advice for you, if you're struggling with friendships and putting boundaries is, is to set that boundary and be understanding when you first set that boundary, you may get a couple of people that are mad, right? But over time, People will just know where you are and either they're going to adjust to your boundary so that you can remain in good mindset. You can remain in good health or they're going to have to exit left. And I've talked about this before. Sometimes we want to make these big church announcements. So someone knows that we are mad at them, but sometimes you can just let nature just take its natural course. Let people just float onto their next level. That doesn't always have to include you. I've had to have friendship breakups where it Maybe some of them were, you know, the whole yelling and screaming and hollering, but a lot of them just weren't. We went our separate ways. We want the best for each other. When we see each other, it's love, but we're not key keying up on the phone like we used to because, you know, people do have lives. Why don't we forget that? If you're the type of person who sits at home and doesn't have anything going on with themselves and other people do, don't get mad, right? You may have chosen that, right? You actually may be settled in, in that, but then you can't get f- mad on the other flip. The other people are out enjoying their lives and doing the things that are best for them. And what I've been learning and have been accepting is what looks good for somebody else and doesn't look good for me means that I don't always have to prejudge it. Right. Especially now that people are like, let's say for instance, going out and having a good time, you know, your people are getting vaccinated. They're going out, they're spending time with friends and loved ones. You know, we don't have to judge that because again, first of all, nobody got vaccinated and got sick to sit in their house every single waking moment. But if you feel comfortable staying at home, that's beautiful. But if others does it, let's let people do what's best for them. Because tomorrow is national forgiveness day or national forgive day. I want to just talk about the levels and we've talked about this before, so I won't spend a lot of time on it, but the levels of forgiveness. And I will always say, and I will continue to say that some people believe that when you forgive someone that you must sit underneath their table, you must entertain them. You must sit around them and have the same level of relationship that you once had. Some relationships can heal even with time, right? As time goes by, the, you know, your guard drops a little more and a little more and a little more, and the offense doesn't hurt or sting as much as it initially did once when, when you were going back and forth with your friend or your loved one. That happens. But there is another level where you can actually just decide, you know what, I'm really just going to be done with this. And you wish a person well, and you allow them to walk on and you allow yourself to walk on. You make sure that you've forgiven yourself for whatever may have occurred. You've forgiven the other person. The other person has forgiven you. You are all in complete peace, but you have decided to walk away. And sometimes forgiveness looks like that. When you are not forgiven, and you're struggling with it, it's going to be a struggle for quite some time. And how do I know how long your struggle is going to be? I don't. Do you know how long my struggles are going to be with forgiveness? You won't. Everybody's line of defense of forgiveness is different. And this is why when you are the person who has done the wrong, it's easier for you to say, oh, you should be over this. But we or you who are the person who've offended someone doesn't get to put the timer on saying, okay, that's enough. Wrap that up. We should be forgiven. You don't get to make that choice. and You don't get to make that decision. As uncomfortable, what your problem is, is you don't like to sit in the uncomfortableness of the silence of your decisions, when you decide to offend someone, when you aside, decide to make um, comments that are not okay, when you are disrespectful, when you do those things and then you realize, man, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I really was sorry. I, don't, I shouldn't have done that. That's beautiful that you were able to say sorry very quickly, but not everyone is so forgiving and quick to do so. And so we have to be careful that we who And again, I say we because I know I've offended people in the past. You've offended people in the past. We all have done it. And as you're doing these things, don't forget that because you're uncomfortable and you want this to be over, that other person is not at that same place. So we got to give people enough time and grace. And it could take a month. It could take a day. It can even take years. People don't have to heal at the same level and also realize even with healing, and I'm talking about emotional healing, it's not like you go up and you just go up. Sometimes you go up, down, you stay constant, you go back down, you go back up. It changes. Something will trigger in you that will bring that pain back and it's a hard Lesson. That's why when you deal with people and you've had these hard-hitting lessons, and you continue to go back, 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 and go back some more, you take a break, you go back. You gotta really count up the cost. Does the relationship really need that level of reconciliation? Because if it doesn't, it's okay. It's okay to take a break and stay there. It is truly okay to take a break and let that rock. You don't have to, you know, hold hands anymore. You don't have to invite each other over for holidays. You don't have to accept gifts from each other. You can really just take the lesson and say, you know what, this was seasonal. Some people are truly seasonal. They come into your life for a season. Maybe you were having a hard time with your confidence and you have a friend that came in and she just bigged you up and made you feel like you was Beyonce of the world. And now it's time to separate, take that Beyonce energy and your best revenge is your paper and keep it pushing. Will it hurt? Absolutely. I have been in situations where things like that have hurt like hell, but inside, deep down inside, I knew that that was the right decision separating was the right decision for my life and for theirs. You know, we have to understand we are individual people coming together in a relationship again, rather, rather platonic or, or romantically. And that doesn't always mean that everything is going to fuse the way that it needs to fuse. So let's give people grace and let's, we want to say normalize again, but let's normalize people making the best decision for them. And we not taking such a personal effect to it where we have to be all up in our feelings and want everyone to operate in the same level that we operate. Now I had, this is what second week of the kids being home from school. Parents, how are y'all doing out there? First of all, my, our wallets are not doing well because our, our grocery bill is sky high. My husband, he's been doing the grocery shopping and listen, in this house, we do whatever is necessary, right? Right my husband during the coronavirus had elected for himself to be the person that went out and did the grocery shopping. He just could not live with the fact that if I went out and I got sick and something happened and listen, my husband, I love him. He is just that type of person. He's just really involved into this amazing husband. That's really about, we just, you know, we really about what's best for the family. So he is continuing on that journey and still doing the grocery shopping. And I love him. He's just amazing with it. But he was like, listen, I only got like 75, maybe 50% of the grocery list that I had made. And he's like, I still have to go back. He had a whole cart of groceries. And because our kids are not home from school, we got to increase them popsicles, ice cream, because I'm not, listen, I'm not buying ice cream from the truck. Every time that little, uh, sound rolls rolls through, we not, we not finna do that because we're going to get you some ice cream cones and some ice cream and some toppings. And you can wild out in this house because it's much cheaper for me to buy a gallon of ice cream sides and cones than for me to spend $3 or so or more per kid. I have three kids, right? Now I'm vegan, so I'm not even looking for the ice cream truck. I may get one of them little bomb pops because, you know, they're straight, but that's it. I can buy a box of bomb pops and buy a gallon of ice cream and let them make sundaes, banana splits. They can just ball out like we can buy a whole bunch of toppings, even from the dollar store. And you can do whatever you got to do, but we're going to get ice cream. So by the time... That grocery list went down and he came in there. He couldn't get anything else in the cart. He still has to go back out to this day. he still got to go back out and get the other part of the list. And so when I hear my kids talking about what we having for lunch, whatever I put on that plate, cause them grocery bill is going up, right? This is only the second week, the second week of these kids being out of school. And this is how the grocery bill is being disrespectful like this. This is what we're doing. And I love my baby boy, but I swear my son can eat us out of house and home. And everybody that told me when I was pregnant with a boy, they was like, he going to eat you, he going to eat you out. And when he was um, eat you out of house and home, let's clarify, cause some of y'all are just nasty, but let's clarify. He was really sweet in the beginning. You know, he was just like, I, I want another plate. I eat it. And now it's out of pocket and disrespectful. The grocery bill is out of control. So parents, how are you doing for people who are single and your friends with a, with a, uh, a person that has kids, you know, it's okay to just send them, you know, a, a grocery gift card. Like I'll, just go ahead and bless their soul. Send them a grocery gift card. Cause listen, we need it. If somebody, listen, one of my friends is listening. It's okay. Send me a grocery gift card. I'm here for it. You can even send me a target. They got food. Uh, listen, all that, send it my way because the grocery bill is out of pocket. So parents are really struggling or or not even necessarily struggling. It's just what we have to do. The kids are home. Not every parent is comfortable sending their kids to camp. I have been doing a mommy camp for the last three, four years. I'm trying to save my coin. Listen, my kids are going, they go to private school. We got to save up our summer money and just be grateful for the break, right? Because tuition, they want your payment from August up until April and so these couple months with a break we'd be like let's break Jesus let's go ahead and break and just be let's be grateful so I have not sent them into camp for quite some time it's mommy camp so at mommy camp I am coming with the goods I'm coming in with all the activities to do we are ready to go and I am taking it back old school not because it saves coins but because they need to learn how to jump rope they need to learn how to do uh, hopscotch double dutch uh, riding scooters, riding their bikes. They need to do all that stuff. You know why? Because I refuse to watch these kids on electronic. They know in our house, we have designated times for all that. And when it's not on designated time, and I may be grateful when I have something to do that I may be like, all right, go ahead and get your, you know, get your electronic. But for the most part, we outside. If it's not raining, we're outside. Parents, don't let them hit you with that on board. You know why your kids hit you with that on board? Because you came unprepared. But in this house, we are not unprepared. We got a bucket. And in that bucket, there's things for you to do. So there's chalk in there, jump rope if it's not a sunny day. If it's raining, we got stuff to arts and crafts. We got um, chemistry kits. We have it all. You know why? Because if I hear the words, I'm bored, that means I, as the parent, am not prepared. So I prepare. You have to be prepared for what they may try. They are going to try to wear you down this summer and I am not going to do it. If anything that the corona- the pandemic and coronavirus time has shown us, that we just have to be a little bit creative and be prepared. So me, I take them weekly or monthly trips to the dollar store, the five below, and we gather some things that we may need for that month, that week. And we stay prepared because I do not want to hear that I'm bored. This week, we took them to Barnes and Nobles. We were like, go ahead and grab some books, get some bookmarks, bookmarks, get you what you need so we can have some quiet time. Listen, nothing is better than watching your kids read a book while you read a book. And I, of course, drink my mommy juice because it's amazing to see kids branching out and just doing things that every kid really should be doing. Reading books is fundamental. Like you don't just stop in the summer and that's it. Next week, we probably going to do some math work and some other stuff because listen, listen. You can't keep giving these kids too much of a break. If you give them too much of a break, it's going to be a problem for you when that school year starts up. Now, am I talking about taking away the fun? Absolutely not. We do all kinds of stuff. Party, dance parties, theme dinners, theme this. We do it all, but you got to have and be prepared. So in the store household, from my household to yours, parents, get smarter, summer, smarter, have everything you need. Yes, the grocery bill's going up. Please pray from our pocket. But at the end of the day, get prepared. You can spend a couple of dollars and be prepared and cut all that on board stuff out. It'll cut your headaches down. You don't got to scream and yell. I've had, I have had, didn't have to break up too many, you know, fights and this stuff in the house. It's been a blessing. So any of my listeners that have kids, that's what you need to do. If you're a babysitter, if you're an aunt and you're an uncle of somebody, be prepared. Always have stuff at your house ready to go so that you can make them play and send them back home to their parents. That's what you got to do. That's just how that works. But we got to switch over to the internet. And the highest story that has ever gone on this week. There's been plenty of things going on. Good, bad, and different. But why is Trick Daddy out here playing games on Beyonce's name? So if you don't know who Trick Daddy is, please get your Google search on. When I mention these names... Just hit your Google on your phone while you're listening. Put Trick Daddy. You'll see a picture, a couple of pictures of him. They're not favorable, right? We're just going to pray about that. They're not the pictures of him that pop up when you put Trick Daddy in. It's not favorable. So Trick Daddy was saying that Beyonce is not a good singer. He, She's basically not in his top five. And I'm okay with him saying that she's not in his top five. But this is the thing. This is how you know that people do things for clout. First of all, if you say Beyonce's name and you're even a D-list celebrity and you mentioned Beyonce's name first of all the beehive is coming for you and they buzzed their way into his comment section and left his comment section in shambles anything that he posts shambles but this is how you know people do it for clout he posted this video this commentary or whatever he was doing about Beyonce knowing that everybody was going to get riled up then tried to post well I'm meet me here you know one of those promotions here I'm gonna be here you know Listen, if you are the man that you say that you are and you feel like you're the celebrity that you are, you shouldn't even have to name drop Beyonce on some negativity to get somebody to come to your show, right? Can we just talk about that? He literally dropped Beyonce's name and then tried to pr- do a promo because he knew he had everybody's attention. And for like two to three days, he's been on this Beyonce ain't this and da 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 da. And he says, well, I didn't disrespect her. I just said my comment and I just said how I, you know, agreed. Listen, I am part of the Beehive. So I took five seconds of offense. But when I even stepped back, I said, okay, cool. He don't think Beyonce is the top five. That's fine. Nobody has to agree the same way. But when you've used her name just to get, to get some, some, some recognition, just so people can look at you and, and see what you're doing, Ain't nobody heard nothing from Trick Daddy in quite a long time. I have not seen no whole big, you know, I have not seen where people were like, oh my God, you're missing out on the Trick um, Trick Daddy album. Trust and believe. The first time I heard Trick Daddy was in college. That's over 20 something years. Now, I'm not saying that man ain't done nothing in 20 years. I'm just saying I ain't seen a whole enough for him to be dropping Beyonce's name in 20 years. That's what I will say. Um... When he was out when he first came out when I was in college, you listen if it, the song came on, you know nan, I was on the dance floor. Him and Trina had they thing, they were doing their thing. I will not lie. Somebody probably has footage of me dancing and it wasn't for Jesus. I promise you they do. I was at every party, probably drinking, doing whatever I was doing. I am not going to take that from him. But in 20 something, almost 25 years, I haven't seen an album where somebody was like, Toy, you tripping. You ain't get that album. You ain't really a fan. I have yet to see that. I have yet to see that. Not anybody in the the comment section defended him about him being so hot in the streets that you was just sleeping on Trick Daddy. Not one time did I read a comment that stated that. Not once. So forgive me for feeling the way that I'm feeling when you see somebody out here dropping stuff just for clout. You know, people do that all the time too. Not even just with Beyonce, just with anybody. If they know that something is out and it's horrible, something's going on. They will drop a name. Name dropping is something people have been doing probably since Jesus was a baby. They've been dropping names every time you turn around. So my problem isn't the Beyonce comment. My problem is how he went about it. You don't need to make five, six, seven, eleven 11 videos about it. And then... The one video he said, and if you have a problem, he's pouring bleach into a cup and putting a straw. And you know, the comments was like, why aren't you drinking the drink? You drink the bleach. Like you cannot set yourself up for that type of failure in life. Like. It's one thing to like trip your way into failure It's one thing to get, you know, tricked into failure. But it's another thing to literally walk yourself into failure on that comment. Like, why would you post a video even promoting somebody drinking bleach just to make a point? Um, On top of that, they were able to clean it up. His ratings for his restaurant was at a four. I want to say possibly a four, like a 3.5. The last time that I checked, they were at a 3.5. When the Beyonce uh, beehive got a hold to it, um, it was at a 1.2, I want to say. So they really had basically went into his comment section on the good Google and they went in there and they were basically saying all kinds of stuff. Like his stuff isn't that bad. It was horrible food. However, what I will say is that there were some there were some comments that actually were true. So what I read on the comments, and you can look it up for his restaurant, again, get your Google search on. Um, some people were saying like things like the porch house was hard. The This food wasn't that cooked well or it was soggy. Um, when you have a restaurant, I am a foodie. I go to all kinds of restaurants in Philadelphia, whether they're vegan, they're not, they may be, they may have an option. I go to restaurants and I get invited to a lot of restaurants. So I will say this, What you don't want to have is anybody that can out there and say that your food is bad in any type of way. And then when someone brings it to your attention and you're unwilling to fix this, then that's when you got a problem. Cause the question is, do you want to be better or do you just want to sit there and start clowning people in the streets? At this point, from the comments that I read, this is before the beehive got hold to it. It looks like he just wants to be reckless in the streets because he's not really trying to take these comments to heart, but people actually had pictures of these raggedy pork chops. And I was just like, why would you, why would you allow somebody to have that type of stuff? So what I hope that one thing I do want to say is that his, uh, restaurant, his Yelp page got shut down because everybody was bombarding, um, his comment section. And by everyone, I do say the beehive. Now, I'm not saying that I went on there and said anything, because I don't know that man. So I don't know that man's restaurant, nor have I ever eaten at his uh, restaurant. And to be quite honest with you, being that I'm vegan, it just gives me a nice out. There's nothing on his menu that looks appetizing to me. But I will say this, I'm not trying to take coin from him. I just wish that people would stop doing the most where Beyonce is concerned, and or anybody is concerned, and then doing that for clout. And if you don't know what cloud is, that means basically doing the most just so somebody can say that you were associated with somebody and even turning something as, as ridiculous as a comment of that she can't sing like, sir, stop. So I have been trying to find a way to get back out in the world safely, of course, like doing a road trip, doing this, doing that. And getting back out in the world is becoming extremely expensive. I was looking up some flights and you know, for my husband and I, I'm not about to take me and the kids on a no, um, plane ride, but just as a flight, just to look it up to see what flight prices are looking like. And I'm telling you, the prices are looking like social security numbers at this point. So if you are out there, you either are saving well, you're living well, you're doing well, or you got some other type of something going down because these prices to go anywhere has gone sky all the way high. Like every time I look, it's a hot mess, just looking at how everything is rolling down. So if you're out here traveling, don't get mad at somebody that's out here traveling big up them because they got coinage to go with it. It's very expensive to go anywhere. It's expensive to go from here down the street to get whatever it is you got to get to the gas done went up. uh, The prices for food have gone up. And you know, everybody that was struggling in the pandemic, all they did was turn around and figure out a way to make the prices go up to recoup that money back. So Um, I don't know about everybody else. We're going to have to slowball some of this, uh, travel somewhere because it's getting pretty pricey. And I knew sort of that it would, I knew that in a way that it would go up, but I wasn't prepared, prepared for what I was, what I was looking at. And I'm telling you right now, it's expensive. It is expensive to get out here and catch a flight. I'm not saying impossible. I'm just saying expensive. And so I'm here for that. I'm going to figure out a way, obviously to figure out what it is that I want. And just like everybody else, can we just say that? People will do what is necessary for them when it comes to the money that they are spending. And unless somebody is specifically asking you to finance their life, whether they have gone on a trip and came back and they're asking to borrow the money, or they're asking you to borrow the money so they can go. If people are not personally asking you to borrow the money for what they're doing, let's just go ahead and let it ride right? Let people do what they're going to do. Cause you don't want nobody saying nothing to you when you're doing your stuff. So we're not going to talk about somebody else while they're doing theirs. And and especially if they paying for it. Cause like I said, one thing my mom used to tell me when I was younger, and I used to say how much I wanted to be grown. She told me the way that you can be grown is when you can pay your way. So when grown people start paying for things, even if that same grown person, two months from now, get into a hard situation, unless they knock on your door and ask for a place to sleep, something to eat and, or to finance the way out. We're going to learn how to just leave people alone and truly leave people alone. Not say we're going to leave people alone. And then we got to talk about it and none of that. let grown people be grown. Because remember when I was a little girl, I wanted to be grown so bad. And I maybe not necessarily go back too, too far, but I would go back and relearn some lessons and apply them because you know, when you're really grown, you got to put that money out. Them bills still got to get paid. You got kids, things got to get got. So let grown people be truly grown. And we're going to leave people alone and not talk about what they doing because we want to either talk about what they're doing because they're not worthy enough to get to a place where they can start living better. Why is that? You're not the only person that has a decent life. I had a friend that used to, she got mad, super mad when I got engaged. Part of it was because she wanted to be married. I understood that part, but had the audacity to be like, oh my, she ended up eventually getting engaged talking about, well, my ring is bigger than yours. I didn't know that marriage, the success of marriages depended upon ring size, But see, when you mix a five-part jealousy and you become the first of somebody or whatever the case may be, and somebody gets jealous and or wants the life that you live, they will start to figure out a way to start downgrading the stuff that you do. Oh, whatever you were doing, that ain't nothing. I did that back in such and such time. I I did that. I went here and went there. If you did it, great. If you're not happy and, and celebrating somebody else being able to do what they're doing for them at that moment, you're being jealous and ridiculous at this point. And a lot of people will be like, I ain't jealous, I already did that. But why are you talking about somebody else who's now deciding to do those things? Even if it took them yesteryear, why? Just like the meme that went past when Juneteenth is which was last weekend, last Saturday, and everybody's like, oh, now you want to celebrate Juneteenth. You can't just let people, you just can't let people come into the light. Like they can't come into the light, right? It's now a federal holiday, right? And although we got so many things else to do, you can't let somebody come into the light. Just because you did something 10 years ago, you got to let everybody know you did that 10 years ago. This is not the hour for you. This is not your hour. Allow somebody to do the things that belong to them at the timing that was right for them because you don't know people's story. Even when you do know people, you don't know their full story. And I wanted to end the podcast on a good note where we don't have to get all riled up about things that other people are doing, but I just wanted to talk about how great I am f- starting to realize, just not just starting to realize, but just starting to walk in the goodness of being having those good parental moments. We talk about the moments when the gro- when the grocery bills are high, and we talk about the moments when they're bored and doing the most. We talk about the moments when they get into little squabbles between their siblings, or they're just expensive because when school comes back, we know we got to get them new shoes, new school supplies, and all that. Whew, let's just take a deep breath on that and just have a moment of prayer for that. Okay. But one of the beautiful things that happened this week with my children, my, one of my kids had got into something and they weren't really forthcoming. And of course, basically lied about it, but you know, what was beautiful. Once I realized what was happening, the embarrassment that they were feeling and everything else, although they did get in trouble, you are don't get a consequence in our house. Cause lying is not okay. Although they did get in trouble. The beautiful part about it was also learning the way to communicate and then finding a way to find out stuff about them, because if you just calm yourself down and not fly off the handle and just take your time and ask questions, you can get more out of your children just from supporting them, asking them questions and trying to be calm. There are going to be times when you have to really, really go off the deep end, but there's very few times if you just take your time with them and really listen. And we got, a, we got a little leeway with, with, with one of my children. And it was a beautiful thing that came from such a horrible situation that could have gone truly left And so I say all that to encourage a parent, uh, a guardian, someone that is mentoring a child. You know, sometimes it don't always be about the trouble that they've gotten in. Sometimes you got to look at what is going on that's bigger than what's being shown. I used to work with children, and I want to say youth. They were youth. And I used to work with these youth, and they came from all kinds of different issues. Some of them came from children and youth services because they didn't have the support at home. They, some of them came from the juvenile probation because they had gotten into some form of trouble. And every la- every last one of them, every last one, there's not one, even the worst of the cases, there's not one of them who didn't have a story that if somebody would have taken the time to truly listen to them, understand them and show them any five seconds devil, a different level of respect, you probably would have at least heard them out. I'm not saying that that okay is anything that they have done, the things that they were doing, the things that they were going to do, the trouble that they've gotten in. Some of them, I'm so grateful to still be in their lives to a certain degree. Like I'm not as active as I was when I was, you know, over them, but just seeing how well some of them are turning out and not all of them are. Some of them have really got into some bad situations, but I still remember just taking that time to listen, you know, sometimes even bad behavior is a, is a communication. And so what I've learned is to try to take five seconds to take, first of all, a deep breath. Cause especially when they, are your children, you got to take a deep breath because kids will disappoint you. I was a kid that disappointed my parents to no end. I was the most, I won't say the most, I wasn't the most horrible kid, but I, I had my moments. I had a mouth on me. I was very direct. Um, I totally went against the grain. I was not as nice as I probably should have. I didn't listen. I was disrespectful in a lot of things that I said and did. And in my journey to figure out my life, especially as I became 18, I just did so many different things that if I would have just thought about it, I could have stood on my own, um, and just made better decisions. But you also know, I was, I saw something, um, from Lovey. I don't know if anyone um, listens to her. Um, she was saying disappoint your parents sometimes sometimes you just got to disappoint your parents and I know that that time is going to come for me I just ask God to grace me that I can support my kids in the way that needs to be supported because the one thing that I if I ever had a regret was not being definitive when it came to my parents now being definitive does not mean you have to be disrespectful But a lot of the things that I hid from my parents was because I was scared to share whatever it is that I was happening in my life, whatever I was going through, the different changes that I was going through. But I thought about that a couple of weeks ago and I thought how much of a fear that I had that I just felt like I couldn't be open with them. And I would say part of that was a lot of it was my fault, but there was parts that I felt like they could have played a way different role in that and one of the things that I had to give myself five seconds of credit was my parents did not finance my college education. I know that a lot of people have in their minds have cons- considerably thought that but that was actually not the case. I had gotten a full scholarship because of my academics. Now I'm not saying that it was all mean, and they ain't never done nothing for me. But what I will say is There was a lot of conversations that I would get scared of because I would hear them say things like, well, we're paying for school. And I actually listened to that temporarily at the time. But when I think about it now, they actually never actually finance my college. So a lot of the fear that some kids have is because some of their parents are financing their college. And so you have to make the decisions according to your parents' finances. If your parents are financially supporting you, then you have to do what they tell you to do. But at the time, my my parents weren't financing my school. I got in a full scholarship and I had even lost my scholarship because I was in a car accident and my grades slipped. But you know what I ended up doing? I never called to my parents to pay for anything. I got three jobs the semester that that happened. I got three jobs, took out student loans, work, study and everything that I had to do in between. And I did what I had to do to finish school. So I say that is because sometimes we are trying to measure up and we don't even realize that we're measuring up for something that isn't really necessary. Had I remembered then that I could just be myself and I could respectfully let my parents know that I was making changes to the things that I wanted to do and realize that if that also at the time meant that my that my parents weren't going to pay for something. I was already living that there. So that's not to disrespect them. I know sometimes they listen to this podcast. It's not to disrespect them. It's just to say that at the time, some kids struggle with being honest because their parents are paying for their education. So when they want to change a major and their parents is like, no, you can't, you everybody has to be a doctor and I don't want you to go into dance. You know, you have to make that decision when you make that decision though, be prepared to do the work. When I lost my scholarship, because I wasn't going to go running home to my parents, I got three jobs. I had a 19 credit load. And one of those classes was a graduate student level class. And I was an undergraduate. So I was an undergraduate doing a graduate student um, course. And I had 19 credits. And I still worked three jobs and still made it to all of my classes and still studied. Now I still also partied. Don't ask me how, where I found the time. But again, I never even gave myself five seconds of credit for really getting out here and hustling and bustling. I hustled enough in school in high school to get the scholarship. When my grade slipped because of the car accident, I could have easily have turned around, but I stayed the semester, the summer after the, the grade slipped, and I completed about—I don't even know—about twelve credits worth of classes in the summertime. And you, anybody who's ever taken a summer class know that's an accelerated class right? You're in an accelerated class. And I never even took five seconds to give myself five seconds of credit. Sometimes you just be doing stuff out of survival. And you don't even realize like you really got through that and you did a good job. I got student loans to pay for that, but I still did an amazing job. Not many people can say they can take that high credit level and take three jobs at the same time. And what were my jobs? I had a work study job. Um, I also was like a credit card salesman. So I was a person selling all the college kids including myself um, credit cards. I um, used to do like a little bit, not necessarily waitressing, but like hosting. Oh, I was, I was pretty much, pretty much Jamaican at that point. I had three show enough jobs. And they were intense schedules along with my classes, but I wouldn't change that. I wish that my parents were the parents that they are now that they could have been then, but it worked out. It made me stronger, right? It made me to to appreciate the times when I knew that if I was going to make any changes to my lifestyle, to my life, that a lot of that was going to come from the hustle and bustle of working hard. And I never really gave myself credit But I got to give that credit to where credit is due to first God, of course, but also for him equipping me to just get out there and do what I had to do. And I'm not saying that every decision that I made was right. There's probably a lot of decisions that I made during that time that could have been made and altered correctly but I was at least of the mindset to know that I couldn't call home. I wasn't going to call home. I didn't even want them to know. And this may be even the first time they're even hearing it, but yeah, I had to work three jobs. And you know, when you want something bad, I did everything that I could to make sure that I could graduate on time. I even changed my major in my sophomore year. So I changed my major in my sophomore year, which is really not that huge of a deal because you're all, you're already starting to get into your, your actual core classes. But I changed my entire college and where I was doing. Um, and I changed where I, not where, but what I was doing. And that caused me to have to put more credits in to make up that time that I lost, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't, I'm grateful that no one can say that they financed my school. No one can say that I had to sleep with them for money. No one had to say that I had to do little strange things for change. Like I just worked hard. And I was just determined. I was determined to graduate on time. I did not want to stay another semester. I had so much happen in the in my four-year career at Penn State that I just was done and ready to get off the campus. And I'm just grateful for the strength to be able to say, Latua, you did an amazing job. Now, could you have done something better? We all can, right? There's things that I still don't like that I've done. But I can at least say that I worked hard and that I did the work that had to be done. And I was one of the ones out of my family that was able to graduate from college. My mom is amazing. She just got her degree recently. And that's an amazing thing. It's not to shortchange her at all, but I was just grateful that my journey and her journey didn't have to look the same. And she was, she's the one who fought for me. She told me, don't let this happen to you. Make sure you stay on your job. Make sure you stay what you got to do. Make sure you work hard. And my dad too. So I'm just grateful. So I just want to give yourself, you know, just five seconds of credit. Sometimes we are so worked up about the things that are going on our lives that are not going well and things that we have done that we can't even go back and change. But just take out five seconds to give yourself some credit. If your kids are not doing well, I know how horrible that may feel. It's the worst feeling that you can feel that your kids are not doing well. But when you get past that level and you look back, you'll be able to say that it was for a reason. There's some lessons that has to be learned for you, for them. And don't give up. Like, don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on life. Life is already hard as it is. It is already designed to be hard. So if we can find some way to grace ourselves through the most difficult situations, I promise you, you'll get better. When I wake up in the morning, I always wake up and say, what can I do better today than I didn't do yesterday? Sometimes it's just and sometimes it's just in getting up earlier, setting my day, setting a schedule, writing things down, being more perceptive of things that are going on around me, lowering my tone when I'm talking to my children, getting to them to eat you know more vegetables or fruit in a daytime, getting some more sunlight in the day, becoming a little bit more active. Don't take everything as a loss. There are so many things that you didn't do the day before that you woke up today that you're going to do better. And then tomorrow being Saturday, you're going to get up and do an even better job of making sure you take care of yourself, making sure you get your rest, maybe thinking about how you can forgive for national forgiveness day, whatever you're thinking about. There's always room for improvement. I am not arrived. I am not where I want to be, but we don't all have to have it figured out in the moment's notice. Sometimes. The grace is just waking up, starting your day with great intentions and trying to do the best that you can realizing that you are flawed and even in the flawedness, you can still do better. So let's end the podcast by just recapping a couple of things that we talked about for today. We talked about forgiveness. We talked about my panic attack and recognizing that if you too have panic attacks to do the work that you can to try to get yourself to where you can identify why you're having the panic attacks. And I would definitely encourage you to do that with a licensed therapist, someone that you can trust that makes a safe space. Always make sure that you're in a safe space when you're talking about these large triggers because they can be very overwhelming. Putting boundaries in your relationships, especially when you're dealing with friendships, being a friend to someone doesn't mean that you allow them to dump all over you, their anxieties and their issues, being there for them and showing them that you care is not the same as always picking up the phone and always answering their calls every single time when you're not in the position, the mindset or emotional space that's healthy enough to receive that know your boundaries. Tomorrow is National Forgiveness Day. Keep in mind that, again, forgiveness is something that is for you, and it's not something that's always going to be as easy to do. And there's going to be times when you do it well, and there's going to be times when you don't. But forgiveness does not mean that you have to pick up the level of relationship that you had before the offense took place. You don't have to entertain someone just because you've forgiven them. You can forgive someone and grant them the peace that they may not even grant you but you can give it because it's all about making sure that you're okay. Also trick daddy's out here playing any streets on Beyonce's name. I'm part of the beehive period. That's it. And also make sure you understand that as hard as life is, as hard as things are, don't forget to give yourself credit for the times that you stood still when nobody was standing with you. Give yourself grace and credit for the times you got up when you felt like you should stay in bed Give yourself credit for the times that you changed your tone with your child because you knew that it was important for your child to see you in a different light than to just go off just based on principle. Give yourself credit for the times that you are engaging with your spouse, the times that you're engaging with this new boyfriend that you may be just learning, engaging with yourself when you've decided to be single and being single and healthy and mindset and reinventing the what singleness means for you. Cause that's a thing too. give yourself the grace to realize that if you don't love your job and you're out here looking for something else, continue to work your job to the best of your ability until something else comes up, but put the work behind the scenes to get what you want. Also remember that remote work is true. So you can also work from California right here in Pennsylvania. If you choose to don't forget that also, don't be afraid to take a risk. Sometimes calculate a risk, but don't be afraid to take a risk. You never know what may come from that. And if there's something that's on your heart that you have a gift inside for you to do, pick it up. Don't bury that gift, pick that gift up and make that gift work, but be prepared to do the work to make that gift shine. I hope that you have a great day. I hope that you have a great weekend. I'm going to definitely be sipping on some wine. If you haven't, I have been uh, blessed to do a campaign with 10 um, sellers. I will leave the link in the show notes. Make sure that you take a look at it. They're um, gifting or not should say gifting, but they're sipping for a, a cause. So make sure you look into that. They're a great and amazing wine company that is women founded. And they are about the work. Every time they drop a line, they do a 10% or $10 from every three pack from the line goes to a charity. And guess what? You, I, anybody can help pick the charity of choice. So this company isn't just saying this is the charity that we're doing. They allow people to choose the charity and that's what they go with. So I'm always there to do a campaign with them with that. Uh, this weekend I plan to relax. There's no, uh, self-care appointments like, Hey, getting my hair done or anything like that. So I plan to do some relaxing. I do also have some, um, work that I need to do over the weekend. And of course, always building content. If you are not following me on social media, I am all over social media as toy time blog. So that's T O I T I M E B L O G toy time blog. That's on Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, all the things you can find me there. You can also find me on the blog at toy time, T-O-I-T-I-M-E.org. That is the blog. I will have all of that in the show notes as always. Make sure you check out our sponsors so you can help gift somebody else a child, you know, to help in their financial future. Listen, My kids, they get birthday money all the time. So I would love to be able to take that birthday money and put it into something that's going to grow with them as they get ready to enter to this world of either for college, trade, school, whatever's on their heart to do. Make sure you check out our sponsors and have a good weekend. Like actually take the time to have a good weekend. I'm going to put in the show notes too for my book club or not not necessarily my book club, but my book suggestions, because you know, we want to make sure you get your read on for the summer. Summer is for reading, taking the time, read at the pool read at the beach, read on the porch, drink some wine with it, but go ahead and read. So thank you for listening. I'll see you next Friday. Have a great weekend and even a better day.